2: all righty then welcome back to the morning show that's a nice variation of no one likes this little punk action there pretty cool all right no one likes us but everybody wants to come here to philadelphia partly because when you come to philadelphia you get to listen to this man regularly that would be ross tucker good morning ross al ria good morning how are you we're doing great ross what's not to like everybody wants to come to philadelphia everybody in the nfl everybody in major league baseball they want to come to philly you it's know
3: a- what? There's something to that, right now, for sure. It's I, I think it's so interesting because it was just what last off season that the perception of Negadelfi or yeah. whatever I think is one of the reasons why Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson didn't want any part of it. <laughs> thank God! Thank God! By <laughs> the way, <laughs> thank God they didn't want any part of it. And now it's like everyone. It's like anything else in life, right? When people are really, really passionate, you can either look at that as a positive or a negative. For guys like Brian Dawkins or Chase Utley, who are beloved, it couldn't be more of a positive. For people like Ben Simmons, who are not, it couldn't be more of a negative. So last year, those guys were concerned with the negative aspects of it. I think especially the baseball guys, but even like A.J. Brown. I mean, you, you hear the baseball guys talk that have played for other teams, even like a Bryce Harper, and then you hear AJ Brown. It's not like this where they used to play.
4: Yeah, well, and, and that's could, that's, yeah. that's the crazy thing, Ross, is that he comes here from Tennessee, has the big game, obviously after having a couple games that were a little off. Right, catches two touchdown passes, over a hundred yards. Eagles fans, from what I've heard, were kind of giving it to the uh, to the Titans' owners box. Yeah, turn around, pointing yeah, at him, pointing at him. And then yesterday, the GM gets fired.
3: Coincidence? (laughs) I don't believe in coincidences, Rhea. So, no. uh, Absolutely not. I would say this to the owner. Did you have to make it like that obvious? (laughs) I mean, there's got to be more to it. Uh, What I always want on these – it's funny. I did the Titans-Bills game, the opener, on Monday Night They got crushed by them, right? They they did. It's the only other game where they got crushed – But I asked the PR guys, I was like, listen, what was the deal with AJ? Like, did the owner not want to pay? Like, what was it, the GM or was it the owner? Because I know it wasn't Vrabel. No, very, very. And the guy just looked at me and was like, yeah, that's not really, I I don't know. Because I was dying to know the backstory. Because here's what I think is crazy, right? Not only were the Eagles willing to give him that contract, think about it this way they were willing to give up a first round pick and a fourth round pick or whatever for the right to pay him that contract. The Titans already had him. Yeah. They didn't have to give up anything. All they had to do was give him the money. All they did, And by the way, he wanted to be there. He's from the South. Yep. Nashville's like the the capital of the South now. He wanted to be there. He was hurt when they when they did that. I mean oh, that was Oh yeah.
4: So we have Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network which was kind of funny. I think he buried the lead in here.
1: What was communicated to Robinson was that ownership was not happy about the direction of the roster that he had assembled, even though at this point, as you mentioned, the Titans are 7-5 and and they've got a more than three-game lead in the AFC South division. Certainly as you look through Robinson's drafts, he's had some big hits. He drafted Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. He drafted Harold Landry also had some high-profile misses, including the likes of Isaiah Wilson and, most recently, Caleb Farley, who has struggled to be on the field. If you go back about a month or so ago, Mike Vrabel spoke in a press conference and was asked about the offense, and he said, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is how we're going to have to play. That was a sign that there was frustration about what they lacked at the wide receiver position in particular on that offense. Of course, the trade of A.J. Brown back in April to the Eagles. Did net them a promising young receiver in Traylon Burks, but he too has had some injury issues and has not stayed on the field just two days after that game and A.J. Brown having more touchdowns and receptions and receiving yards than all the Titans wide receivers combined. The guy who drafted him and traded him, John Robinson, is out in Tennessee.
2: Hmm. That guy did bury the lead. That's, that's all that mattered to me, Ross. Could, could have started at the end. Eh? Yeah, really.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> um, you know, I, I man, I always am so intrigued by these situations because the one thing I can tell you, having played for five teams, the owners in general have more involvement, I think, for certain franchises than people realize. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had coaches and, and front office execs tell me after the fact, yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't want to we didn't want to cut Bledsoe, but the owner made us or whatever, right? Like they'll tell you that. And so I sort of thought, I know there's a salary cap, but there's also a budget, and some of these teams they don't make a lot of money off the field. Like they really want to make sure they're making a certain amount of money every season. And I wondered if the owners said to John Robinson. We're not, we're not going there. We're not paying him 25 a year. We're not paying him that much guaranteed. Obviously, with them firing him, it would seem to be that that's not the case. But here's my question. Do we really think that John Robinson, with a move this big, didn't keep the ownership abreast of what he was thinking? Like, he didn't say, hey, listen, here's what I'm thinking. We're going to trade one of our two best players to the Eagles. Here's why. Like, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I am fascinated. Hopefully over the next couple of days, more information comes out.
2: Well, you may, but a lot of owners depend on that they hired the right guy to tell them the right thing. Like, you you agree with them? I, I just, I, you know, and then when your coach isn't even on board. That's and is what, this
4: the coach wanting more power, maybe, yeah. Ross?
3: Well, that's very interesting, Rhea. I, I played with Vrabel in 05 uh, and 06 in New England and I can't imagine how knowing him or really anybody, that's got to be hard, right? Like it's his job, it's his reputation on the line. He goes on TV and says we won't trade AJ Brown. <laughs> I know he looked like an long idiot. As I'm the coach, yeah. and then they trade him. So the, the the part one of it, Rhea, is that they traded him. Part two of it is the GM kind of made Vrabel look like an ass. Yeah, and right? embarrassed him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like because you know. He wants the players to take what he says and know that he's going to be truthful and transparent. He says we'll never trade the guy. And by the way, he got that from Belichick. Because I remember a practice one time where we were going to – there was a lot of rumors we were going to trade Daniel Graham, uh, who was a really good tight end. And after practice, Belichick brought the whole team together. He's like, listen, there's a couple of reports out there that we're going to trade Daniel Graham. He looked at Daniel Graham. He's like, we're not trading you. You're not going anywhere. I'm telling all you guys right now we're not trading. And it was like, okay. You know, like that like he just totally knew. Transparency. It in the bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Well they, so so, you know, kinda how he gets him fired by, by stealing AJ Brown, which is what we believe. Is there a chance another GM could um have be in trouble based off his recent dealings with Howie Roseman? I'm talking about Mickey
3: Loomis. Well, that's interesting too, because it's a different you know, Rhea, it's really interesting because in both of these ownership situations, right? Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, um, the longtime owner, Tom Benson, passed away. Mm-hmm. And the owner now is his, uh, I don't know if it's second or third wife. There was a lot of fighting between his kids <laughs> yes, yeah. and the wife, Rita Rita Benson. And then obviously in um, Nashville with the Titans, Bud Adams passed away. And he had like five kids. He has like five kids. And there was a lot of kind of fighting. It wasn't clear who the owner was going to be there, and it's, it's one of his daughters, Amy Adams-Strunk. And I want to be very clear here, Rhea. Mm-hmm. I am not stereotyping at all. <laughs> the, these women yes. might be the single most knowledgeable. They might know more about football than I do. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. But my, my, I, I do think it's fair to wonder in these situations how knowledgeable they are and um, who are the people that have their ear. You know that that talk to them about these things. There's same things going on in Seattle. I say that to say Mickey Loomis also for a while was running the basketball team down. I forget what yeah. they're called. The New Orleans. Um, ja- uh, no, they're not. The Pelicans. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he was running them mm-hmm. too. So um, Rita is um, she's at least in her 70s, might be in her 80s. I think there's a lot of trust there. I think they'd probably be more likely. To fire Dennis Allen, the head coach, and blame it on him rather than fire Mickey, Mickey Loomis. Loomis, but but well, how but could he you blame be.
4: those deals? I mean those those deals. It's Horrible. still. I mean you can't blame on I mean Dennis Allen wasn't making those trades.
3: I'm starting to have a concern about this, <laughs> and my concern is if Howie Roseman calls, don't why answer are the you phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I mean exactly. he, he, he's almost gonna have to. Howie's gonna Maybe maybe the Quinn trade will be the bad one. Gave up a fourth round pick. Now Quinn gets his knee scoped. He's going on IR. But at some point, Howie might want to have a bad trade, just yeah, right. so people keep <laughs> doing business with him.
2: No, it's it's it really is remarkable to to have a a, a record like this.
4: Well, and it's it's re- what's remarkable about it. You bring up the owners and the people in there. Is you know honestly, and we've criticized them a lot. Jeffrey Lurie has been here a long time. And things are run very professionally. Now, who knows what's going to happen when he eventually turns it over to his son? You know, like you have in these cases with Amy Adams making, seems like making these decisions. What's going on with the Saints? I know Jerry Jones's daughter's involved, very mm-hmm. high up, like a president of the team and considered very well thought of on the business side. She's on the business side, yeah. yes. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and the other kid just cleans the glasses, right? Yeah, Steven. <laughs> That's...
3: And, and honestly, like um, Ria, they might be the most knowledgeable. I, I don't know. There's sure. so many women in football now. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. I just don't know that. Yeah. I just don't know. Well, it the just it's,
4: it's ham handed to fire a GM when your team is what seven and five and atop the division.
3: Well, the timing of it <laughs> yeah. is just bizarre. When's the last time? It, it, it's really strange for a GM to be fired midway through the season like this I guess you could argue they want to give the next guy enough lead time before the draft and free agency but all they did right now is just promote you know some other guy that was there
2: yeah well it seemed I mean I just read it clearly as they screwed up this thing and the coach is mad about it and the coach ain't going anywhere
3: yeah, they love the coach. They have to love the coach. I, 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 I didn't know, Rhea, the angle about the Eagles fans yelling at the Eagles. Oh, numbers. yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that is the part that I'm really intrigued by because you know what I've learned about really, really, really rich people? They really don't like being embarrassed. The yeah. story they,
4: always was with Jeff Lurie that when Banner left was that Lurie, and I think it was Michael Vick, I think it was kind of that area era, they all showed up at a Sixers game. And they they were in a box, and they got shown on the, you know, the jumbotron, and the players all got cheered, and Lori got booed because they didn't like how yeah. you know you know Banner. So yeah, you're you're a thousand percent right.
2: Yeah, and that was a, it was embarrassing, and it was embarrassing on a national yeah. level, and <laughs> a personal level, and a national level, and this guy just fed off of it. I mean, I I don't know what you think, Russ, but I actually think that this was part of the mental edge that the Eagles had in this, and. I think they were so geeked up, they went off. They, 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 they were too geeked up for this thing.
3: What did they say about it, by the way? I haven't seen the quotes from the guys. What did the O line say after the game about all the false talk? It was like contagious.
4: Uh, yeah, I saw something. There's from no my explanation lineup. for
2: it. No, there I mean, was I, no explanation it for it. It was a home game. It yep.
3: wasn't like I, I was blown away by that. I had no It was
2: like everybody took turns. No, it was un, it, it, to, to overcome that was something you rarely see like the Eagles are at that point where it's almost like the only one team that can beat them is themselves and they actually beat them. They could have beaten themselves on Sunday. They really could have beaten themselves early in the game. When that happened, they still overcame all of that. that. That's how, that's how dominant they were on Sunday. And I think I actually, they, their explanations were not specific to anything it was just, I, I it was like an overall just an anxious
4: team. Sirianni I, took, he was on with us. Yeah, he took responsibility. He said, whenever it's pre-snap
3: penalties, that's coaching. So yeah, I don't that, know, that, you you, that, you know what I don't yeah, agree I with I, that Well, that's I at why all. I want to
4: ask you as an <laughs> offensive lineman.
3: No, okay. So so to me, I can ha- I can live with aggression penalties. Yeah. You know, maybe a personal foul or a pass interference. The pre-snap is totally unacceptable. By the way, I've, I had a couple, but totally <laughs> unacceptable. And um, I just don't really understand it. These are veteran guys. You know. And you might have one, but to have that many, I didn't know if maybe the Titans were given a well, false cadence. Well, here's illegal, what they were doing according
4: to The Athletic, and I saw this in Bleeding Green Nation, that Titans head coach Mike Vrabel noted it was a hodgepodge official crew who had not worked together because I thought a couple of them – I, I was complaining, you know, at the game with my friends that I was watching it with, that I thought a couple of them were discretionary and were kind of a little ticky tack, but apparently also Tennessee has a very chatty defensive line, and that may have played a role as it attempted to, to lure the Eagles off their game, which it did.
3: Yeah, That is possible. Yeah. That's yeah. possible when the D lineman. So I forget what they call it, but you know, every once in a while the d- defense they'll start to hear the cadence, and then the defensive guy will go. Hut! You know, and like, you're, oh, like when you're waiting it. for yeah. the next hot. No, yeah, no. I forget. It, that's illegal. Di- oh, it's called, dis- <laughs> it's, called dis- it's called disconcerting signals, which is amazing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like disconcerting. How about just like fake, yeah. fake signals? <laughs>
4: Wechter just said to me he thinks the Eagles got called for that earlier in the season.
3: It's, what is it called? Signals? Disconcerting
4: signals? Yeah, disconcerting
3: signals. Yes, when 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 the defense tries to fake or mimic – The offense's snap count.
2: You're not allowed. No, you're not. No, (laughs) well,
3: because then how do you know the difference, Al, between your guys and their guys? This
4: is why we have Ross
2: Tucker on. That's right.
4: Penalty occurs when the defense is trying to mimic the cadence. I don't know disconcerting acts or signals penalty.
2: I go on the ice. I yell, and the other guy sends a pass. I'm like, you're the idiot, not me. (laughs) So, so I. I don't see how that, well, whatever, but they've got rules for everything yes. now and uh, with with everything that's gone on. We're going to talk a lot about the Eagles, but, Ross, we're going to have to pick your brains on the Cowboys, too, who yes. suddenly have become like
4: – They're the best team in the uh, NFL. With
2: the, yeah, world beaters. When we get back, we'll talk about that and everything else in the NFL. Time at 94. WIP is 7.15.
4: Give yourself a holiday gift that will last a lifetime with beautiful new stone countertops from Colonial, Marble, and Granite. Looking forward to showing off my kitchen, when I'm entertaining this holiday season – Thanks to Colonial Marble and Granite. Take the time. Go visit one of their area showrooms. Meet with a sales professional who can help you with selection to installation. They also offer free in-home consultations. Just call, make an appointment. Their professional sales team will help you to choose the right countertop material, style, and color from the nation's largest selection. You can actually select the exact stone slab that you want for your countertop which is really a lot of fun when you get to do that. If you need a bathroom remodeled or are building one from scratch, ask about their new vanity program. They have ready-to-assemble vanities, sure to complete your project regardless of the style. Right now, get a fully installed stone countertop for just $19.99 with zero money down and zero...
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
2: All righty then, you know what that means. It means it's Wednesday, it means Ross Tucker's on with Rhea and I, and it also means it's time for the question of the day with uh, Ava Graham.
5: Brought to you by Armand Chevrolet. Over 85 vehicles available during Armand Chevrolet's red tag year-end event. Visit com. find new roads to Armin Chevrolet. Closer than you think. Will there be more red Phillies mm-hmm. or green eagles under your tree? Mm-hmm. This is pretty close. 57% green.
2: Wow. wow I just, Oh, 11 and 1. And yeah.
5: a lot of comments saying both. Both. will be on the drink. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's cool. It
2: is. And then we come in with Taylor Swift. Does Taylor Swift have an... Christmas album, Ross? Do you know? Midnight? No. Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean Christmas? Christmas songs? songs. Oh, I don't know. Like I you know, I burnt she... my boyfriend's Christmas tree, or whatever she'd come <laughs> up with.
3: Yeah. I don't think so. She's probably done a song at some point, but, but not the
2: whole thing. Does I guess? I don't. I don't think so. I would think she'd go. You know, she's so popular, she could probably have the no,
5: last Christmas. She does. At, she does the, holiday the, collection. The Christmas Hol- tree farm. Yeah. Let she me she ask does. you
2: guys this,
3: in yeah. all sincerity. Here we go. Like, obviously, I'm a fan, and yeah, yeah. you guys no. know the the hometown connection why do you think she's so so popular like the whole ticket thing and like what 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 I mean there's other good music out there there's other good music like what is it that makes her because it feels like she's by far the most popular one and I'm I think that's really
2: interesting I think it's because she has really good songs (laughs) Is wow, it that that's simple, really? pretty simple Al <laughs> think, no, but, no but is it yeah. that simple I think it is I think that I the, mean aren't there other people that have pretty good songs? Not like not a catalog like that she and <clears throat> her lyrics are
5: relatable you know she writes her music and I know just growing up with her I was this you know sad teen like she relates uh, to I think teenagers in the younger audience more than any other artist. And I think that's really when yeah. you see the the Swifties come in, and so she's now captured Swifties who, for what ten years, she's been super popular, at yeah. least, right? Yeah. I mean,
2: that's why Ross. It's as simple as pretend. that. Ten, I yeah. mean, I yeah. feel like it's been more it's got, like it could well, be much yeah. longer. I we need honestly. another Super Bowl. We need her at the Super Bowl, another <laughs> another Super Bowl performance. You
3: know, I think it's um, I think the songwriting is the best part. Yeah. of
5: it. Yeah, yeah, def- I I, I prefer- mean, she's
3: a good singer, and the music's good, but it's like it's just over and over again it's catchy and it's upbeat for the most part or when it's
0: not it's strong lyrics
4: and it's pop music so it's you know and she's you know she's an attractive woman
2: so you know it all it's all kind of wrapped together yeah it's pretty it's a it's a formula that will work for at least 10 more years We'll see Longer what than that, Yeah, it is definitely. What going. do
3: you
4: mean looking, by that, Al?
3: Ria, <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I really, love, <laughs> I love that Rhea just says like the female stuff. She just does. She just goes with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Ross, that was re- the uh, res. What was the call? What, what did you call that penalty? Disconcerting Dis- signals. Yeah, it was Brandon Graham that was uh, <laughs> that was um, whistled for that in the Steelers in, in the Steelers game.
3: Oh, that's right. That's right. He was. That's funny.
2: Yeah, and speaking about Brandon Graham, he spoke out about this uh, phenomenon of the uh, of what's going on with the Cowboys.
4: It's the analytics thing, just to set it up. So the ESPN uh, analytics department said the Cowboys, who were 9-3, have a better chance to get to the Super Bowl than the 11-1 Eagles. Actually, the Eagles were fourth. fourth. So Brandon is on with us every Tuesday, and Angelo asked him about it.
1: Hey, man, we might have to pull them dog masks back out, because, you know, I, I love it. Keep it like that because we know it's America's team, man. It's a little it's a little analytics and it's a little biased because whoever's running the analytics saying, Man, my my cowboys, my just a year. It's not bothering me one bit, man, because be I look at it like this. Whoever's running it gotta be a Cowboys fan and they just, you know, show you by where they put the Eagles every time, even though the Eagles got the best record in in uh, in the league.
2: So they happen, Ross. So uh, okay,
3: I I wanna I I did some research on this after talking with Angelo yesterday. And I want people to know this is what's really wild about it, okay? ESPN, they, they have their football power index, they do projections and they have percentage chance to win the division, win the conference, win the Super Bowl or make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Here's what's wild, okay? They have the Cowboys eighty-one point six percent chance to oh, make divisional round. I'm sorry, to make the divisional round, but they give the Eagles an 89.4% chance to make the divisional round. So they they are acknowledging that the Eagles have a better chance to make the divisional round. But then for the make the conference championship game They have the Cowboys 64% and the Eagles 55%. They're essentially saying there's a pretty decent chance the Eagles are one and done in the playoffs, which is wild. And then here's the thing that if you're driving right now, focus on the road, okay? Yeah. Listen to this. To win the Super Bowl, they give the Cowboys a 29.3% chance. They give the Eagles a 13.3% chance. So they're not only saying the Cowboys have a better chance, the Cowboys have are more than twice as likely to win the Super Bowl as the Eagles. So the team that very likely has to play 3 road playoff games has a twice as good a chance as a team that has to win two home playoff games, there is no way that this is actual math. There's no way. Like, I don't know what their model is, but their model is totally flawed. Nobody has been able to send me anything that indicates how that could possibly be the case.
2: Well, it doesn't add up, to put it in simple terms, but what does add up is they. it boils down to one thing to me. They think head-to-head when they play. The Cowboys will beat the Eagles. Very clearly. <laughs> it's, very it's, clearly. It's, and that's going to happen. So why not just say that instead of hiding wait, behind wait, 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 numbers yeah, and like, analytics? It's like, yeah. And they
4: and the Cowboys may beat them. It's in Dallas. The Cowboys are a very good team. No one's saying they're not.
2: So usually it's put your money where your mouth is. So they play. I got to think the Eagles were a favorite in the game.
3: No, they won't be favored no, in I Dallas. No, I don't think they will be. Right now. I don't, I don't think they'll be favored in Dallas for that Christmas Eve game, but they're up by two games. Even if they lose that game, they still have a pretty good chance to get the number one seed. I will say this though, they gotta keep it rolling. They yeah. gotta beat the Giants Sunday. They they don't have a lot of margin for error because supposedly so if they lose the Cowboys, then you know they, they're they split, they're one on one. Supposedly, the other tiebreakers, whatever they are, the the Cowboys are higher, yeah, I are better. So if they both finish fourteen and three or whatever, then the Cowboys would be the number one seed, and the Eagles would be number five. That is a world of difference. Oh, it's huge. So they can't they can't falter. They got to keep. We really need the Cowboys to lose a game. That'd be nice. Well, they've, but got, also, who they've
4: got they've got the Texans and then the Jags. Then I think they have three tough games to close out the season, talking about the Cowboys. They've got the Eagles and the Titans and the Commanders. The Commanders may be, you
3: know, battling for a playoff spot. Yeah, I don't know that I see them losing any of those. But I don't know that I see the Eagles losing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean they might, but I don't think, you know, it, there's a chance the Eagles split against the Giants. That probably is reasonable. The Giants are a pretty decent team, so it's probably asking a lot to beat them twice in whatever it is, like a three week period. Um and the Bears they'll beat the Bears. I mean, that that wouldn't be that won't be an easy game because when is o- Justin Field back? Plays. He is. He is back, yeah. And he played very well um for the most part against the Packers on Sunday. He at least gives them a chance, but mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they lost that game. It really is gonna be whether or not I mean, obviously the head to head with the Cowboys is huge, but even if we assume they lose that one, it's whether or not they sweep the Giants is really what we're looking at.
2: So, despite all of this, eleven and one, you're still. I actually, I agree with Brandon Graham. I think it's a good thing to keep your edge uh, late in the season. I'd be surprised if they lost to the Saints
3: or the Bears. So it's the two games against the Giants, and obviously, forget the Cowboys game. It's whether or not they can sweep the Giants. Would be the difference potentially whether they're the number one seed or the number five seed.
2: Well, we'll get a good jump so, on that.
4: So what will? So you know, the Eagles, they they ran all over the Packers, they passed all over the Titans. What do they need to do to beat the Giants?
3: Good question. Uh, I man, that was a bad tie for the Giants. Really was. I thought they didn't they trust their quarterback. Team. They didn't trust their quarterback. No, and they made so many stupid yeah. mistakes. They didn't tackle McLaurin once. They, he broke two tackles. Jahan Dotson broke two tackles. I mean, either one of those, they probably hold him to a field goal. Instead, they give up touchdowns. Uh, they were in field goal range at one point, and their center, Feliciano, no. got a taunting penalty, which kicked him out. Then they had a play when they were in field goal range, and Saquon and Richie James, the receiver, ran into each other <laughs> in the backfield. So here's the concerns legitimately against the Giants. Number one, their D-line is really good. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, even the rookie, Kavon Thibodeau, they got after the Commanders. They got after Heineke. Uh, now, fortunately, the Eagles' offensive line is awesome, mm-hmm. which which helps, but those guys have a chance to kind of wreck the game. I think they'd be better off, to answer your question, Rhea, probably better off throwing the ball okay. against the Giants um, like the Commanders did a little bit. Their corners – Moreau, Adoree Jackson, they've been banged up. They're not that great. They're okay. I'd rather try that than trying to run the ball down their throat. And then the thing that – I'm going to say this now, and remember I said this <laughs> on Sunday, Daniel Jones running the ball.
4: It, Ryan Tannehill, you pointed it out. Ryan Tannehill did it, You know, picked up a couple first downs. He and Daniel three. Jones is mobile.
3: Yeah, Tannehill yeah. might have had yep. three. And Daniel Jones is sneaky fast. Yep. It's funny because he really – you look at him, and he looks like he's like on a J. Crew catalog or something. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't look like he'd be fast, but he's fast. And so, if the Giants, I don't see a scenario where the Giants win this game without Daniel Jones' legs being a major factor.
2: All right. Well, they'll be ready for it. I mean, you've seen enough. With I, I think the defense has done a good job. Now, I mean, I know they still get a lot of heat. But Could
4: it be, Ross, that the – so the defense was so keyed in on stopping Derrick Henry that they kind of just let – but, I mean, is Saquon Barkley Derrick Henry? Like, I mean, he's – sometimes he has good games. Sometimes, you know, he's running into guys in the backfield and doesn't. Yeah, so, he, like, do they have to put as much focus on him as they did on Derrick Henry Forgetting that, you know, the quarterback can still run and pick up first downs is what I'm saying.
3: Well, I think it was two different things in the sense that the Tannehill runs were on obvious passing downs and it's like Rhea they didn't really have a plan for that. Oh, gotcha. because, it looked like it. <laughs> no, because like Reddick so here's the thing. If a defensive end like Reddick rushes inside, takes an inside move, the D tackle has to kind of replace him. And the one time Fletcher didn't, he got a sack on Tannehill. He was able to go down the line, chase him down. Great hustle by – we didn't talk enough about that. Great hustle by Fletcher to make the play on the sideline. They got to communicate that against Daniel Jones because if you leave a big opening, he's going to take it and get 10-plus yards. So they can't just allow Reddick or whoever. If you're going against a statue quarterback, it's like just free-for-all. Do whatever you want. But against a guy that can really run – you got to have a plan to not leave big seams that he can just take and exploit.
2: All right, got questions for us? Give us a shout. Big game coming up here and why the Eagles should still be – it's like college football now. Power rankings ranked against the Cowboys. With Tommy 94, WIP is 737. You can start NFL Week 14. and Boy, we're really into it now. Week 14 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel. And that's in partnership with Valley Forge Casino because it is, of course, America's number one sportsbook. So it doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay happens not to hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets great chance at an even bigger payday. Maybe you want Robinson anytime TD, car passing yards, whatever it is. You become the person that puts this together. It's your game, it's your game plan and it makes it fun throughout. You're going to love this FanDuel app. You can build your own or you can choose from one of the popular SG that are already pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat, same-game parlay. FanDuel Sportsbook is, of course, the official part of 94WIP. Just sign up with the promo code AL. If you don't have an account, if you already have an account, you're all set. Just sign in to see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting par- All righty then, welcome back to WIP Morning Show. I am Morgan and we use Ross Tucker and we just told by Ike that the best GM in town is Bryce Harper. I don't know which one is it? How Howie or Bryce? How are you Bryce? And, and Ross, how much input does a star player have in know, just recruiting, but who are you going to go get? Uh,
3: not that much in football, <laughs> but I think it definitely has more in baseball. Let me say this about Bryce Harper. Let let's see these guys play for the Phillies first before we get a little bit too carried away. I'm carried away. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, (laughs) but you know the guys that Howie's brought in for the Eagles, like they're they're playing now and they're good. I mean, they you know think about almost all of them. It's kind of wild. I I mean, across the board, almost all of the recent additions, Kaiser White is playing really well. Bradbury's been awesome. AJ Brown, Mm. you know. Howie had a really good off season, yes, and a good 20- in season. Well, what I was gonna say, is he <laughs> had a really good off season before the 2017 yeah. year when they won the Super Bowl. I think this this might have been better. Yeah. Mean, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember all the guys he signed that year, Rhea, and the trade and the moves he made. And he well, the running for backs definitely Jye. that
4: year, you know, uh, Jaya and uh, Legarrett Blunt. Yeah, to come right, in. Right, but I yeah.
3: feel like just. Looking overall at what he's done, especially when you consider they have the Saints' first-round pick next year. It's, yeah, which is currently I mean, at five, right? I think. Yeah, I think this year is better. I think he did a better job this year.
2: Yeah, and then even a dra- like a guy like N'Kobe Dean comes out of, like, didn't even notice him for forever.
4: He wasn't playing yeah, really, except yeah. on special teams,
2: and he has a big game.
3: So okay, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Yeah, but I will tell you the flip side of all this. What is it? The Eagles actually have a lot of free agents after this year. Yes. We don't We don't need to talk about that now. Mm-hmm. You are know being a
4: Debbie Downer because yeah, they're going to have to pay yeah, her, yeah, so they're going to have to let yeah. some guys go.
3: We understand right. that. But it's like, it's a lot of guys. Fletcher yes. Cox and Hargrave and TJ Edwards and Kaiser White and Bradbury. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on, but we'll worry about that well, after the year. All right,
4: let's talk about a guy that you want to talk about that you think has had a... Uh, kind of an underrated uh, role in the passing game, or at least did last week. Kenny Gainwell.
3: Well, I just thought it was a real positive on two two levels what happened in that game. Number one, I love that Jalen Hurts was getting to the check down and just throwing the check down. You know, against certain defenses, they're going to be so worried about, A.J. Brown and Quez and Devontae Smith down the field on some of these bigger chunk plays. It's so nice when the second level of the defense, the linebackers, are getting those deeper drops. It's so nice to just throw the ball to the back, over the ball, three yards, and then multiple times in that game, I don't know if it was three, but at least twice, Gainwell got it and got upfield, made a guy miss, and I feel like he got at least 10 yards or 9 or 10 yards each time. Those are little plays, little things that are big-time winning plays and continue the progression that we're seeing from Hurts and the maturity of drops back, okay, A.J.'s covered, Devontae's covered. I'll just give the ball to Kenny Gainwell right here. And both times, Kenny made somebody miss or broke a tackle, got positive yardage. I just thought it was a really good sign for both Hurts and Gainwell that he was taking those checkdowns.
2: Well, that and I when you look at that last game it was just so overwhelming. This is why it's so confusing how how they drop in people's estimation, uh, especially the quarterback who uh, I'm just wondering still if is is everybody's soul on him now? Has he reached that point? Uh, Cuz I actually when you I actually saw penalties being thrown, I mean flags being thrown when you get near him. I think he's kind of reaching that point now.
3: Well, it's funny um every There's nobody that we know of in Philadelphia that's still skeptical of Jalen Hurts, right? right?
4: We haven't heard from them in a long time.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Nationally, there are people that still are. That they can't get, I don't know if it's what they saw at Alabama or Oklahoma or last year, out of their heads. But they're they're not going to believe in Hurts. And maybe this is fair. I don't know. They're not going to believe in hurts until he does it in the playoffs, and maybe that's, and fair. that's fair. I, I don't that's know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess because they remember what the Bucks game looked like and oh, how yeah. much he and, well, struggled. It
4: didn't, you know, it hurt him a lot that the, you know, and I. You tell me how often this goes on a, on a sideline. The I don't know if it was the defensive coordinator or the defensive line coach from the Bucks caught on Mike yelling he doesn't know how to read defenses.
3: Ooh. I, I mean, we played
4: that. it. We played it. So, I mean, it was pretty brutal. Um, so I'm just wondering if that, you know, that is their last. I mean, listen, Al, you and I talked about it. Yeah. If he had just gone through last season and didn't make the playoffs, it would have been like, been hey, very, great, very great high Yeah, season. That, that Tampa Bay, you know, playoff game gave pause to a lot of people. But, I mean, Jesus, at this point, they should kind of realize yeah. that he's –
2: well, good. just what did you mentioned about the last game, yeah, the checkdowns.
3: Well, I do. I, I do this one national show, and every week until this week, one of the other people on the show had different stats for why the Eagles and Jalen Hurts really weren't that good. And then this week, I was like, her name's <laughs> Pam. Actually, I was like, I was like, Pam, let me hear it. Like, I, I got to know what what you have for me this week. What is it? And she's like, okay, I give up. They're good. (laughs) He's good. He's good. They're good. I got nothing. I give up. We won over Pam. Yes, we won over Pam from Austin, Texas. Thank God. uh, Who who finally gave in. But I think that's kind of where it's at. You know, on some level, in terms of respect nationally, Hertz is hurt a little bit by how good the roster is around him. And maybe rightfully so. I I tweeted this during the game, Al, at Ross Tucker NFL. There are times when he goes back to throw, and that is not the way the NFL is supposed to be, where he has like five seconds and nobody's even within four yards of him. I mean, there are some plays where the O-line is just so good. And the Titans' pass rush is good, and they're rushing four. And it looks like Hurts has as much time he as he pick could of ever to possibly want. Yeah, it's crazy.
4: Well, and he, but here's what what makes that crazy. Like, oh, he's so good. To be, you know, and yes, that offensive line is very good. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes lost his stud tight end, would that be a problem? Absolutely. Would it be a problem for that offense? Well, Jalen Hurts lost Dallas Goddard, and I saw Jack Stoll make a cra- catch over the over the middle.
3: That was beautifully thrown last week. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't know. The people have a tough time getting past their initial impressions. Sure. That they want to be right, a, yes. And honestly, that's also a that's a real thing, Al. You can yeah. speak to this in hockey. That's a real thing with scouting departments. Yep. Like once they think a guy is something, it like your first impression is so big because once they put you in the box, man, it's hard to overcome that. Like I was thought of as okay he's like the the he's like your swing center guard type and man to show and prove I was a starter after that it is hard really hard once they put you in the box of this is who he is as a player and a lot of people put Hertz in the box last year as he's a runner he's not a great yeah. thrower and he never like people I, I, I think I told you guys this yesterday with Angelo I went on Dan Patrick's show. And he asked me if I'd rather have Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts and because he was doing best quarterbacks yeah. under, under 25 years old. I said I'd rather have Hurts. And there are people that tweeted me like I'm the biggest moron in the world. Homer. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would love to know. <laughs> like, I would love to do a poll. I know the polls we do are all Philadelphia. I'd love to do it. I might even do it on my Twitter. Like, which quarterback would you rather have for the next five years, Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? I'm telling you right now. I am very confident Herbert would win and probably win by a decent margin. Really? Yes. Nationally? Nationally, yes. Because people have seen Herbert make so many ridiculous throws on the highlights. That's the thing, too, about Hertz is that he doesn't really make that many, like, um, wow throws. It's like when he makes a, a nice throw, A.J. Brown gets the credit. You know what I mean? Like like it's it's like he he had a nice throw down the sideline, but it's like, oh, what a great he doesn't have like a rocket arm. Like I don't know if you guys saw the throw on Thanksgiving that Josh Allen made the digs to get the game winning field goal. It was just ridiculous. Like it was just Hertz does not have a hose like that. But he doesn't need to. He throws it on time and he throws it with touch and rhythm. You know, he doesn't need to have like a crazy strong arm.
2: And you get, you also get the reputation with the end of the game drives. Mm-hmm but <laughs> the Eagles yes. just, just... They really y- haven't
4: needed it. They needed it yes. in the Washington game, but... <laughs> That's no. a
3: great yeah. point. Great point.
2: Yeah, I mean, got the guy, uh, you know, on Monday night, another end of the game.
4: Well, that was... I, I You know, and when we yeah. come back, Ross, I got to ask you about Mark Ugh. Ingram and what, what happened in the film room after that
2: game. That and was horrible.
4: We, we will definitely get into that.
2: All right, you got back lots of questions for us. Take your calls. We will get your calls. Time of 94 WIP is 7.54.